Good morning, saints. Lord be with you. Amen. Let's read uh, Nahum 1-7 together again, shall we? The Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in him. Name chapter 1, verse 7. What a great uh, scripture verse uh, on this occasion that we also celebrate the sacrament of uh, baptism and the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. What better understanding about how close, you might say, the Lord is to us. You know, in the Nahum uh, uh, text, uh, the memory text, it was written 2,600 years ago before the birth of Christ, and Nahum was prophesying to the land which is now northern Iraq, uh, specifically to Nineveh. But the place where Nineveh is right now is Mosul, and uh, it was occupied at that time by the Assyrian army, and it was just a godless area, godless community. In fact, if you remember the book of Jonah, when Jonah got the call to preach the gospel, in a sense, the Old Testament arrival of God, he refused. Like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> Those are not very nice people. I don't like them very much. And Jonah took the heed and went the other way. That's how bad Nineveh was. And Nahum, who's living at about the same time in the early 600s, is preaching to them about God's judgment, but is also preaching about God's gospel, in a sense, in the Old Testament. That balance in scriptures of law and gospel, a warning of judgment, a warning of despair if you don't heed the call. On the other hand, God is faithful and he's present. Now, we know something that the people during Nahum's time didn't know. When Nahum says that the Lord is good, he's a strong refuge when trouble comes and he is close to those who trust in him, well, we are so blessed this, this day because we understand what that closeness is, what it means. It means God came to you in your baptism like he came this morning to Georgia. That's his promise. His promise is life. His promise is forgiveness. But his promise is never will I forsake you. Never will I forget you. It is, as we say in the rite of baptism, you have been marked by Christ as one who is redeemed by him, the crucified. Just like we said upon Georgia this morning. You are marked children of God. He's laid a a hold of you, and a promise never to let go. So when we read these words from Nahum, how uplifting is that? He's good, he's strong. When trouble comes, he is close to those who trust in him. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians. Ready? I'm glad you're sitting down for this. You are God's building. Literally, you are God's building. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit resides in you. How? By virtue of holy baptism. God came to you in your baptism and decided, he decided, not you, to make you a dwelling place. The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, resides in you. Yes, God walks among us and he walks beside us, but the spirit of the living Christ lives in you. 
that takes names words to a, another level when we say that God is close to those who trusted him. How much closer can we get to God? Well, in case we doubt, in case we fear that we're not close to God, God gives us the sacrament of the Lord's Supper where you're invited this morning to come forward and taste and eat the body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, the strengthening of your faith, and know that he is with you and in you. That doesn't take any chances with the human heart or the human mind. We all know how fickle sometimes we are, or how shallow we are, or how forgetful we are. Or when life kind of like swirls around us and we don't know what's going on. We run from here, we run from there. We, we try to get a, a handle on things. We are anxious. Can I have an amen for anxiousness? Don't amen anxiousness. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. Yeah, we are anxious. We are filled with anxiety. We live in a stress-filled world. The counterpart to Nahum in the New Testament is from 1 Peter chapter 5. He says, cast all of your anxiety upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Because he invites us into his presence. Because he has given us the gift of prayer. What a loving, gracious God we have. Oh, I have to tell you, personally, I don't deserve him. <laughs> I don't know how you feel sometimes, but sometimes I just don't feel I deserve a good and gracious God. But there he is. There he is. In the midst of things I don't understand, in the midst of things that are perplexing, God is present. He is faithful. He is a strong refuge when trouble comes. The Apostle Paul is preaching to the church in Corinth, and he's preaching to a bunch of different people who believe different things, as the text tells us. Some people say, I kind of like follow Paul. And the others say, well, you know, I would follow Apollos. There were some factions going on in that church, some division. And Paul stands before them, and he not only says that he can't speak to you, the Corinth church, because you are not just of the flesh, because we all are made of flesh and blood, but he uses a word, kind of like a, a turn on the phrase in the Greek. Instead of saying you are of the flesh, he says, I can't talk with you about spiritual things because you are dominated by the flesh. Oh, what a difference. We are all made of flesh and blood. But there's a huge difference between walking around knowing that we are sinners in a sinful world, but thanks be to God, he saves us from our own selves. But he is pointing out to the church in Corinth, you are dominated by the world. You are dominated by the flesh. What an accusation. But there is Paul standing up before them, and he is basically also saying, I confess as well that I too am of the flesh, and sometimes I too am dominated by the flesh. 
You see, we all are sinners and fall short of the glory of God, as God says in Romans chapter 6. But thanks be to God, we are justified freely by his grace. And that comes to us in baptism. It reminds us in the Lord's Supper, in the means of grace, the word of God. The Lord is near. He is close. Our congregation, some of you may or may not know, but our congregation right now is going through some deliberations. We have some property across the street. We have been meeting in prayer, but we have also been meeting as to kind of like get some clarity as to what shall we be doing with our property across the street. And I got to tell you, sometimes there is anxiety. What shall we do? What is the right decision to make? What is godly? What is right? You know, many congregations are saddled with huge problems. You know, they don't have enough property. (laughs) They don't have enough land. But here we are sitting here at Zion, and we have opportunities before us. Not easy decisions, to be sure. But at the same time, how blessed we are to be able to have to make a decision like that. I think that's part of Paul's message in in Corinthians as well. You're children of God working for a singular purpose. Get that in verse 8. He's talking about him and Apollos, and he says, the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. What a vision, not just for a singular congregation, but for the body of Christ worldwide, in our country. Can you imagine the souls that would come to Jesus if the Christian church on earth came together with one singular purpose, and that is to articulate the gospel of grace, freely given, that Jesus lives, and he lives for you. That's a message for us. It's a message for all people. What a great text to put in our hearts this morning. The Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in him. May we all grow in the knowledge of how great love surrounds us all. And what a privilege we have to serve a glorious God in this world, who so desperately needs to hear of his love and of his presence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.